The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Ugly one for the Oilers. They lose 4-1 to the Colorado Avalanche. Downstairs right away, live. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. We chased it. This morning you mentioned how after two losses earlier in the year, you felt like your team was trending up, but your team's been trending down. Well, you saw it tonight, I'm, I'm sure it made it worse. What do you feel has led to the trending down? What have they gotten away from doing? Well, we're, we're, if I said we're not connected, I don't know if that would make any sense to anybody, but we're, we're spread out, we're not close, we don't execute real well. We have um, some structure that we need to rely on to... Uh, you know, to predict where pucks might go and to read and react off each other, whether it's in the forechecker or in the D zone. And uh, we've got away from that a little bit. We're, you know, the, the um, key word is sometimes trying to cheat the game. And we're trying to do it the easy way, and you can't win the easy way. And, um, you know, our anticipation skills are on the cheating side instead of the predictable side. And it's hurting us defensively, and we're not getting much offensively out of it. You're back into a situation where if McDavid doesn't produce, you're not getting enough support scoring. Uh, how do you fix, you know, three and a half lines here to get some help for 97? That's a good question. Um, you know, when you look at the game, I thought that Brodziak's line was strong again tonight. Uh, they created some opportunities and some chances. So that line, I think... Uh, you know, played uh, above par, and uh, if they can keep doing what they're doing, obviously the Strom line, uh, they got a goal without Strom or on the ice near the end. Um, our uh, go-to guys or our big guys, Leon probably scored, could have scored uh, five or six goals from the Tampa game on just on the power play, but I think sometimes when you're, when you're not quite doing things uh, efficiently and correctly, um, on one side of the puck, uh, you don't get rewarded on the other. And uh, we'll have to look at our lines, our groups. More importantly, we'll have a good video session tomorrow and we'll look at the way we're um, cutting corners a little bit. And uh, you don't get rewarded offensively when you do that. Uh, Todd, you didn't seem to have many or any strong chances from the slot, the middle of the ice, where your team has normally been very strong and successful. Did you notice that? And you know what? What kind of cause for concern, or, or what do you think about that tonight? No, uh, we didn't. We didn't. Um, we were slow in in reading uh, available people in those areas, um, and then when we did, we were sloppy. Even at the end there, we had a, a two-on-one, and we kind of turned it over, so we were a little bit sloppy. So. Uh, we didn't get much in there and give them credit. They clogged it up. Um, they, uh, they did a good job. And then when they did break down, their goaltender made a, a couple really nice saves uh, to protect that slot area, but not enough from the slot, no. Just along the lines of uh, trying to stop a slide and being a <coughs> desperate team, did, did, was there a lack of desperation that was concerning to you tonight from your group overall? Well, there was a lack of desperation, I thought, in Florida. I thought here the guys wanted to play, uh, but they, they didn't, you know, and if you equate desperation with shortcuts, uh, then there was a lack of it because I thought we were trying to cheat the game a little bit. But, uh, you know, we know where we're at right now. We know what uh, we've done the last four games. So that doesn't sit well with anybody. 
Um, we want to come out and establish our game uh, like we have been doing. Um, our first periods, our first 10 minutes have been really good for, uh, for a long period. Uh, we've got away from that over here the last little bit, and uh, we've got to get back to it. Tonight. That's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan live on 6.30, Chad, courtesy of GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts at great prices, gcldiesel.com. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, we're live in Studio 99, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line, Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. This game was bad right out of the gate. The Colorado Avalanche score on the very first shift. 26 seconds in, they never look back. It's 4-0 after uh, two periods. The Avalanche win 4-1. The Oilers do get a tie ratty goal in the third, but by then it was pretty much out of reach. Todd McClellan saying they had a lack of structure, a lot of cheating, a lot of cutting corners, and a lot of uh, too slow in reading plays and getting the puck to open guys. Well, it started on the first shift. The Oilers send their best line out against Colorado's best, and... Colorado goes out and scores and all of a sudden you're thinking oh no that was their best and they just got scored on early and Colorado just followed up with that and I do believe there was uh, a lack of desperation on the size of the Oilers for the first 40 minutes I thought Colorado was much more desperate blocking shots getting sticks in lane winning races getting pucks in deep and it showed obviously in the scoreboard but just in the the, the play it was it was all in Edmonton's end and uh, the Goaltending was a difference in the game as well. I thought, obviously, Colorado had the better goaltending. Uh, especially teams, the Oilers had a chance a couple times on power plays to get closer. Their power play didn't do a lot. Then the one chance they finally get, it was an unbelievable save by uh, Varlamov. So it was a, it was a night that I, I don't know if, and Todd, Todd, I don't know if the Oilers were ready from the get-go. I don't know if they came out with their best game. And you can't keep falling behind game after game. You know, one nothing, two nothing, three nothing, and expect to have a chance. Teams are just too good in the National Hockey League nowadays. Well, and that's what's a little concerning to me. They've so they've fallen behind two nothing at least in four consecutive games. And all right, so on the road trip, fair enough. Part of the story was okay. Well, you're a little, you're a little tired. You can't if you can't win when you're tired, and you can't win on the road, and you can't win at home, and you can't win when you're rested. You're running out of opportunities where you're going to win games. So I'm not I'm not saying that it's it's totally off the rails here, but I, I really thought tonight there were some pretty bad habits, and Todd referenced them, some pretty bad habits seeping into the game. He mentioned the cutting corners. They they weren't getting the puck out of their own end cleanly. The passes weren't clean, or they were behind people or in the skates. Um, you know, on the offensive end, there were openings that weren't capitalized on. I mean, Cassian, Cassian had a good game, but just an example of some of the decisions they made. He's ahead of Brodziak, calls for the puck. Brodziak gets him the puck, and Cassian has a lane to the net, and he drops it back to Brodziak. I mean, just decisions like that where you're kind of looking at it and say, wait a minute, there was a better play available, and you chose to do something else. Well, on that play there, what I really liked about Cassian, Brodziak had the puck and was carrying it in the offensive end, and, and Cassian just took off in front of him saying, no, I'm faster than you. Give me the puck, which was a good play on Cassian. He realized he had better wheels. He had a better uh, shot to get the puck towards the net. So he does everything right, and then he drops the puck when he's in a shooting area. So, uh, I mean, there was a lot of mistakes that were before that that led up to the to the Oilers' 4-1 loss. But to, this was a game where two teams that were struggling came in to play each other. Colorado had lost four or five in a row. They lost four and one in their last so five. Five they've lost in a row. The Oilers had lost three in a row. So both teams had to come in knowing the importance of this hockey game. Colorado played as though they knew they couldn't afford to lose six in a row. The Edmonton Oilers 
slowly waded themselves into this game. But Colorado, I mean, they're, they're, they got too much talent up front to, to play an average hockey game against. You can't cheat. And the one thing that you find when players start to cheat is when they're starting to struggle offensively. They think they've got to get a step on someone or they've got to cheat behind someone to hopefully get a better scoring chance. And what happens, you start cutting corners, you start leaving your defensive responsibilities, and that's where teams pounce on you. So when frustration kicks in in one end, it usually affects your other end. Colorado beating the Oilers 4-1, so the Oilers slip to 8-8-1 on the season. They've lost four in a row. And another story going into this one, Rob, we talked about it before the game, was could the Oilers' depth players be better than the Colorado depth players? Well, okay, the big guys for Colorado were a factor in the game, no doubt about mm -hmm. it. I thought Rantanen was leading the way. He was excellent, creating a lot. But you have Soderberg uh, chipping in with a goal and an assist tonight. Tyson Berry, who I wouldn't consider a depth player. He's a good offensive defenseman, but he finally gets on the board. So the Oilers players you were hoping might be able to step up you know, could Dreisaitl do something with his matchups? I thought he had a tough night, and and instead you see, uh, you know, Soderberg make a difference. Uh, Kerfoot, well, I thought, played another a good game it, for the two. In this game, the Oilers' role players did step up. They were better. The, the fourth line well, the was fourth good. Line, fourth uh, line, Ty, sure. Ty Ratty scored. So those players, it was the star players that got outplayed tonight. The Colorado star players were better than the Edmonton Oilers star players. The Edmonton Oilers role players were the best that the Oilers had tonight. Not You're not going to win a lot of hockey games if your stars aren't your stars. So uh, the, the fourth line stepped up. Ty Wright, he had a goal that he needed, that, that desperately needed in his game. But up front, uh, the Colorado's top line was the best line in the game, and that's why they won the hockey game. All right, 4-1, the Avalanche win. You can reach us at 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. We're looking, to someone, uh, looking for someone to finish the play as well at 780-496-0063. So... You come back off that trip. You have uh, the day off on Friday. You have the practice yesterday. You have you have the game today, um, and like we said, clearly it goes wrong right out of the gate, and they never really got. I, but again, the early power play chance right away to tie the game or create some momentum. It wasn't that dangerous, uh, and the other power plays until Drysaddle got that chance mm -hmm. in the third weren't able to do. I mean, there was the power play. Uh, I think the one in the second period where they couldn't even get it in. That was late in the second period where they, if, if they, they there'd be that brief glimpse of a chance of a comeback if they can make it 4-1 late in the period and they didn't get a sniff. Uh, they, they didn't get, the one thing that the Oilers have always been very good at thus, this year is getting the puck in on the power play. They've got their breakout where Connor brings it all the way up. Colorado did a very good job of clogging up the middle, not allowing them the easy access that they're used to getting. But, they were good at getting into shooting lanes. They were good at getting into passing lanes. And that, to me, is part of the desperation they played with. They were going to do whatever it took to not lose this hockey game. And I think uh, the Oilers missed out on good chances to get back in the hockey game just because they didn't have the desperation that Colorado had. But at the end of the night, it, Colorado tonight was a better hockey club and deserved the two points. Talbot was pulled after allowing three goals on 15 shots, so he's still stuck on 99 wins as an Oiler. He's been trying to get that 100th one for a couple of weeks now. You had Koskinen come in and play the rest of the way. He got beat on, I think, the third shot he faced, was able to shut the door after that. Uh, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious at this point you go back to Koskinen with Montreal coming in on Tuesday. Uh, I would think so. I, I don't know if it's uh, for sure. I, I, sometimes you, you want to give your starter and... Talbot right now still, I, I would imagine, is the starter. You want to give him a chance to 
uh, go out there and make amends for this game. Uh, I myself would go with Koskinen in the next game against Montreal. I mean, again, this is this is one of those things you want to stop this before it gets yeah. too ugly. And now four in a row, Montreal. Then after Montreal, I believe was it in Calgary after that? They got Calgary and Vegas yeah. next weekend. Yeah. So uh, those. I mean, Calgary's playing well. You start well. playing divisional games, yeah, right? Yeah, those become four-point games. So you want to make sure you're going with a little bit of confidence. So this Montreal game's a, an important game. You just don't want, to, don't want this streak to get away from you. And right now, it's slowly creeping into that situation. Well, I, I think you're right. And, and I, I think it's a lot of different areas. I mean, we've taken a lot of comments about goaltending over the last couple of weeks. I, I checked the Oilers' team save percentage coming into this game. It was 18th. So, okay, you got slightly below average goaltending, and you kind of got sort of an average record, so that more or less fits. Mm -hmm. I, I, here's the thing. I wouldn't say that what we've seen from Koskinen and Talbot over these last four games where they're necessarily letting in bad goals, but they're not making the saves. And you've, you've seen Luongo make big saves. You see Vasilevsky make big saves. You saw Varlamov. Tonight, I mean, even those, you know, those chances Cassian had in the first mm -hmm. period, those are, if they go in, may, maybe that doesn't change the complexion of the game, but but maybe it does. And even the save on Dreisaitl, all right, the Oilers were in long shot mode then, but still, you would have had two goals in less than two minutes with nine and a half minutes to go, and and instead he he shuts the door. So I think I think you're looking at Koskinen or Talbot come in. You know, make make the saves, keep us in it. Don't let the other team. Ex now it's not obviously not all in the goaltending because they were badly outplayed no, tonight. But you need what Koskinen did, for example, at home against Chicago. What Talbot did in the third period in Chicago. Those kinds of performances. Well, you're not going to win hockey games unless your goaltender outplays the goalie at the other end. So in these games that the Oilers have been losing, the goalies haven't been awful, but they've been outplayed by the goalie at the other end. And at the end of the night, you you've got to make one more save than the guy that you're facing and the Oilers haven't been able to do that. They have not got the big save at the opportune time that they need. So uh, hopefully it'll be out of Koskinen or Talbot. I guess we'll wait to see who plays against Montreal. All right, tough run for the Oilers here. They've dropped four straight, 4-1 tonight to the Avalanche. They've only scored six goals in their last four games. Whenever they get five in a single game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. There you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village, three locations in Edmonton, downtown Southside and Northside. All right, 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Jason to the show. Hello, Jason. Hey, how are you guys doing? Doing very well. Just my opinion. I, I think the Oilers are an average team. I think they're in a weaker division. So, you know, I think they'll still have a chance to make the playoffs. But, you know, I don't think good teams lose that many games in a row. And I, my own just sense of it is they're, they're an average team. They're not a great team. And, you know, I feel bad for McDavid. You know, like how, you know, you're wasting wasting a generational talent and and um you know it seems to me the Oilers aren't talented enough unless they're playing you know 100 percent and no team can play like that every night you know uh they're just not going to win you know nine you know they're not going to be at tampa bay and right. um you know so that's kind of my take on it i just don't think they're good enough to play at 80 percent and still win or 75 percent whereas the really good teams can and i wanted to, uh your guys's opinion do you think they'll make the playoffs do you think they have the horses to do it or do you think their division's weak enough and i'll let you well Thank you yeah so well i i picked them to make the playoffs before this before the season either either sneaking in and third in their division or or the or as a wild card i and i think the division was a factor for me i mean you got vancouver has 22 points calgary and san jose have 21 
Arizona, Edmonton, and Anaheim now all have 17. Vegas has 15, and Los Angeles is in last place with 11. So nobody has, I guess, really seized control of the division. I mean, Vancouver has the lead right now. Everybody else is a couple wins in a row away or a couple losses in a row from uh, from dropping or climbing a couple of slots. I, I think that's, and I think he's right. I think the Oilers are, you know, I think they're they're an okay team. I mean, they, they have some prettiest, they have some obvious weaknesses that when they're exposed or they can't cover up for, they lose. I mean, we're 17 games in. I feel like we've already kind of seen how the team might look over the course of the season. If well, I agree. I think that there are five or six elite teams in the National Hockey League. I don't think the others are there. And there's four or five teams that are going to be in the bottom and they're going to start to fall off. A team like L.A., for example. And then the rest of the teams are going to fight for those playoff spots. I don't, on any given night, they can uh, move up and move down in the standings. I think that in, in the Oilers division, I believe the San Jose Sharks will take off eventually. I think they've got a strong team right now. They've got a, a great record right now. And their be- their biggest signing, Carlson, has been awful. Eric Carlson's having a terrible start to his season in San Jose, and you know eventually he's going to find his game and become the game breaker that he was in in Ottawa. So once he gets his game going, I think they are going to have a strong team. But everything else everything is the same. I mean, Vancouver's overachieving. I think Calgary and Edmonton are very similar, where they're top-heavy teams uh, with a couple good defensemen and a goaltender that's capable of stealing a game. And that's the mix that the Oilers are going to be in for the rest of the year. But if you're going to be in that mix, if you're going to want to hang around a playoff spot, you can have five, six-game losing streaks. Yeah. you got to somehow end those and start going in the right direction, especially when you're playing on home ice. This would be uh, a, 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 bad, a bad way to go into to the, this uh, tough weekend in Calgary and Vegas if you were to drop a couple at ho- on home ice after this road trip. So uh, the Montreal game takes a, a little bit bigger importance now that they've lost tonight against the Columbia, Columbia, or against Colorado Avalanche. Pacific Division teams tonight, the Sharks beat the Flames 3-1. The Vegas Golden Knights were in Boston and lost 4-1. As we look at the scores for Advantage Trailer Rentals with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options, head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The Jets over the Devils 5-2. Coyotes, so there's another team in the division, beat the Capitals 4-1. Panthers knocked off the Senators 5-1, and it was the Wild improving to 11-4-2 with a 3-2 win over the St. Louis Blues. All right, Chad, Maury, and Jordy are up next on the phone lines. Hang around. we got to give you a quick news and weather update. Oilers lose 4-1 to the Avalanche. Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 Avalanche with the Oilers smothering them. Turn it over. McDavid in front. One-timer. What a save on Dreisaitl by Simeon Varlamov. Dreisaitl has been robbed twice in the last minute and a half by Simeon Varlamov. Might have been the save of the night. Incredible save with the Oilers on a power play. Just under nine minutes left in the third. The save of the game for Jiffy Lube. Keeping you moving to and from the game. JiffyLubeService.ca. Varlamov stops 26 pucks. Talbot started for the Oilers, 12 saves on 15 shots. Koskinen came in, and he stops 12 of 13. The goalie change uh, happening uh, early. 
5.06 into the second period. Oilers lose 4-1 to the Avs. They have lost four in a row. We're live in Studio 99. Rob Brown along with Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. We have Chad on the open line. Chad, thank you very much for calling. No problem. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Well, I thought you had to play the finish the game. All right, he just, want, he just wants to dive right in and try to get his name into the grand prize draw for one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Safe, adrenaline-pumping fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Let's see what we have for Chad. Left-hand side, Tyson Jost knocked off the puck by Drysaddle, controlling right circle. Leon across to Russell. One-timer nurse, and that sailed right by the head of Varlamov. Actually might have caught him in the helmet. Okay, here's an easy one. Now, did he, in fact, stop that with his head, or did he use his left big toe? He used his head. All right, there you go. You're in the grand prize draw. I don't think we've ever used a body part before for finish the player up. I was confused. I wasn't sure on that one. That was a tough one. But when I when I saw it at full about the play itself, when I saw it at full speed, I thought maybe it just went wide and he didn't pick it up. But then we saw the replay; it dinged right off his head. So the so now the Oilers have had head saves against them in two of the last three games. There's a stat we got to track. Yeah, because Vasilevsky made the diving head save on Raddy, and today Varlamov makes the uh, head save. It's all the Russian goalies. That's right. That's probably its style they're it's being taught. It's their soccer background. Avalanche beat the Oilers 4-1. Defenseman Tyson Berry gets his first of the season. His remarks for BDO first call debt solutions, bankruptcies, and consumer proposals, license insolvency trustees. I knew I had my guy beaten, and uh, I think my D partner fell with another one of their guys, so I thought, you know, if I jump up, I'll be able to create a four-on-three here. Um, Nate, uh, Nate did a good job driving it and kicking it to Miko, and I just kept one of the net, and Miko put it right on my tape, and I just tapped her in pretty much. And as far as the goal itself, I mean, you look at the defenseman in the last two weeks, everybody but Nemo, who's a D-man, has a goal on this team. What was the discussion about in terms of being more active with your shots and just getting off those shots? Yeah, I think we um, kind of started before that Ottawa game, we we kind of looked, and not, I don't think one of us had scored. And I think their decor had had 10 goals or something. So um, we wanted to, you know, make sure to get more active, try to scissor in the ozone, and uh, just, you know, be be jumping as a as the net front D and stuff. And I think we've done a good job of that. And um, thankfully, the goals are coming. And as far as tonight with Simeon, I mean, I know it wasn't the shutout, but you guys took away the slot. I mean, what do you think it was about tonight that made you guys look so different? You know, I, I'm not sure. I think we were committed to playing well defensively, and obviously Varley's, uh, you know, he was there when we needed him. He was awesome, and um, would have been nice to get him that shutout. But uh, you know, we'll take the take the win after going on a bit of a slide there, and um, we played some good hockey, and we didn't get the results we thought we wanted. So um, it was nice to get that tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Was getting the quick jump so important in this one? Yeah, it's huge, especially you know when you've lost a few in a row, and um, you know you're trying to you're trying to get out of a funk. It's huge to be able to come out and get a couple and. Uh, uh, and then be able to lock it down. All right, that's Tyson Berry, who, according to Bob Stoffer, is once again on the verge of being traded. <laughs> is there, can we give Bob a hard time when he's not here? Yeah, it's the best time to. <laughs> he, can't, he can't come back at us. So we have these uh, coasters here in Studio 99, and people can write questions on them. So we have a question submitted. What, what are your thoughts on the Oil King's Jake Neighbors? from Courtney and she was kind enough to put in brackets his sister <laughs> I think uh, Jake Davers is outstanding and he's a really good brother <laughs> but I will say this the Oil Kings are doing great they're 7-0-1 in their last eight right was he was he injured for a couple games earlier this season 
No, he's been fine? Okay. Well, he's obviously doing well, and the team's doing well. And they're in Lethbridge tomorrow. Are you going to watch? Oh, he's with the Canadian team right now. So he's missed part of the winning streak, but they're doing pretty well. I'm having a conversation with someone who's not wearing a headset. That's probably distracting. She can have mine. I audience. mean, I'll go sit out yeah. there in the bar and she can well, come Courtney, sit here and do this. Well, thank you for your question. That's awesome. Do you have anything to say? That he's really good. Yes. Yes, he's really good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. There, we got a question from Actually, we, Courtney, Jake Neighbor's sister. They sure. are doing. They are doing great. And, and he's with Team Canada with. Uh, yeah, because he's playing, and I, I can't remember. Oh, the, with the, uh, the one against the Russians. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I don't even know. What no, it's no, that was last week. This is a tournament that's going on. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, she'll she'll send us another note with what it is. <laughs> uh, anyway, the Oilers lose four-one to the Avalanche tonight. Ty Raddy got Edmonton's only goal. You can get us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Maury standing by. Maury, thanks for your phone call. Go ahead. Hey, um, I was just at the game today, and uh, I didn't see much effort besides the uh, fourth line. It seemed like our first line was dry, our second line was dry. Third line had some effort in the third, but they didn't have anything pushing in the first. Well, they didn't. They no, they didn't have a good game. I thought the fourth line did have the most energy and was playing in a most direct fashion. Is that mm -hmm. fair to say? And actually getting pucks to the net. It was, a, it was a pretty bad game. I mean, yeah. There's no doubt about that. No, the, the, the Oilers' fourth line was their best line by far, and that's why at the end of the night the Oilers lost 4-1. So it wasn't a good enough effort, and they're certainly going to have to find a much better effort when they come out against Montreal on Tuesday because Montreal, for, for everybody who had picked them to be a, a non-playoff team, Montreal started the season very well. They're playing good. They... They've got some highly skilled players. Domi's been sensational since he's gone there. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers have to be better. They can't afford to, to keep playing the way they are and hoping to win. They have to go out and grab a game. They haven't done that in a while. 4-1, the Avalanche knock off the Oilers. Edmonton's only goal at 9-20 of the third. Raddy from Larson and Lucic. Oilers captain Connor McDavid held off the score sheet. His comments for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Bad, obviously. Um, you know, give up a goal in the first shift. That's never good. Um, and obviously, we didn't uh, didn't play the way we need to. Um, no, we weren't desperate enough. We should be a desperate team. We've lost three in a row, three in a row now. So that went on for 40 minutes. You guys, it wasn't even just a bad start. It went on and on yeah. and on. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, no, we didn't play the game we needed to. Sorry, um, no, we weren't good enough. Can you define the level of? I know it's four. I mean, I want to say only four losses in a row. But there's, is there a level of desperation here? Does this, how does this team feel about that? Oh, there's got to be, obviously. Um, you can't let these, uh, these string on. The uh, World Under-17 Challenge. That's oh, the okay, one Jake cool. Neighbors is at. It was bugging me that I couldn't remember the exact name of it. Thank you again, Courtney. Uh, that is uh, obviously a very disappointed Connor McDavid as, you know, he's on the ice for that first goal against, and he didn't get much going in the offensive end tonight either. No, Colorado did a very good job against him. It's almost when you play against Connor, if you're going to want to have success, you have to come at him in waves. You can't just have one guy try to play him one-on-one. -on -one. First guy goes at him, and, and as Connor goes around him, you have to have a second guy there and then a third guy uh, because he's going to beat one-on-one -on -one guys. He's, he's just too quick and he's too strong. And teams are coming at him in waves right now. And when he's setting players up, if there's no finish, well, then the fear of them leaving someone else open or leaving their man to come help uh, is gone. So uh, 
Oilers from top to bottom need to be better. It just it, it was it was a, a, an off night for the Oilers, unfortunately, on home ice, and they got to find a way to 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 regroup and come back much better on Tuesday. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll welcome Jamie to overtime open line. Hey, Jamie, go ahead. Hey guys, um, do you think that like I just got to ask Rob because he played. I mean, do you? Do you get a uh, bit of a lull when you just get home after a long road trip? Like, is there stuff that can happen where you're adjusting to being at home again that's distracting them? Or why is there a lack of effort tonight or lack of care? Um, Yes. When you're gone for a long time and you come back, uh, especially when there's a quick turnaround, it's tough because you guys with families got the family responsibilities, stuff around the house, people pulling you in different directions. So certainly you're a little tired from that. Uh, I mean, outside of hockey, there is real lives that these players have. Having said that, the Oilers did, and Bob talked about it, the Oilers did have an extra day off. They got a full day where they did nothing, which allows them to catch up on all the family stuff. And then you add on the fact that the Oilers lost three in a row on the road, so there would be a little more desperation to start a hockey game. So I, I wouldn't blame the fact that it's the first game back after a road trip. It was just, it, it was an off night. The yep. Oilers did not put the effort together. And, and they don't come into the game thinking that. They come into the, to this game, they're thinking, all right, first shift, we're going to push the pace. Yeah, this Things team's you, lost five in a yeah, row. Let's Let's, let's go. Let's get. Let's take 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 it out on them. Take all our misery and frustration out on them. And then just the way the game went, Colorado got the first bounce. And when they got that bounce, the Colorado Avalanche bench went up. The Edmonton Oilers bench went down. And the Colorado Avalanche seized that and just continued with the momentum. And, it, and it's hard. When one team sees, feels like they have momentum and they start pushing forward, it's really hard to get out of that. You need a break. You need a bounce. The Oilers didn't get that. And then they continued to, to, to lose races, lose battles. Um, and Colorado just got better and better as the game went on. Well, and then like that other caller referenced, they're, they're not an overly deep team. So if, I mean, no team has all 20 guys at 100% mm-hmm. every night, even when they even when they win. But the Oilers can't have, you know, one or two lines sputtering and assume somebody else is going to pick it up because they're, they're not deep enough. They don't have the finishers. And when they had that streak where they won five of six, okay, you got Chase on scoring. Okay, you got Kajula scoring. Uh, you got both goaltenders playing better than they're playing now. So when you have a night where everything's just dropped off a little bit, they, they don't have enough to step up and fill in the holes. Well, in a, at the end of the day, the Colorado's best players were better than the Edmonton Oilers' best players. And usually on nights like that, that team wins a hockey game, and Colorado did. Let's hear from one of Colorado's best players for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, licensed insolvency trustees. Here's Nathan McKinnon. Nice way to end the uh, losing streak. You guys looked like you played a pretty perfect game out there today. Yeah, we had, when we lost uh, a few minutes in the third, they started pouring on, and unfortunately uh, we got on our heels. But overall we played really good. I mean, it was our best game in a long time. Uh, we had a really good start, which was, which was huge, and obviously uh, it's tough keeping uh, 97 off the score sheet, but played well defensively. How does the quick start dictate the game? Yeah, it's big. I mean, you get you get one first shift, so you just feel good about yourself. And um, you know, those those are always nice when you get one early. Uh, they don't come very much, but when they do, it, it feels good. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, two nothing in the first, and you know, two goal leading hockey can be tough sometimes. But we had a good second as well. Is there a book on 
Talbot that he'll give up a rebound? You got to just know where to go. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, that that first goal, that any goalie's giving up that rebound. Um, he's a good goalie. Uh, I'm not sure how he's playing, but. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll take it. Just the thought of Nico and just the way he's playing and bounces back and going consistently. Yeah, I mean, he's awesome. Uh, Miko is uh, very special. Uh, he's a very versatile player. He can do it all out there, and it's a lot of fun to play with him. Reed. Thanks, Scott. Scott Johnson working the Avalanche dressing room. That was Nathan McKinnon. He gets an assist on that Avalanche goal 26 seconds into the game. He also got a helper on their fourth goal, 4-1. Colorado is your final. Ron and Rob on the phone lines when we get back. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. We're live in Studio 99. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 6.30 chair. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Colorado Avalanche knock off the Edmonton Oilers 4-1. The Oilers have now slipped to 8-8-1 on the season. They have lost four in a row. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, thanks a lot for tuning in. It's 10.50. We have Ron on the line. Ron, go ahead. Hello, thank you. This is Ron Brown from Vernon. And I'm just wondering, now that they've sent uh, Bouchard and Yakimov down, now their regular players can get used to each other again and they won't have to uh, play with somebody that should be in minors. Okay, yeah, well, Yamamoto and Puliyarvi uh, went to Bakersfield and Evan Bouchard has, has gone back to London, so hopefully they have uh, good seasons and obviously Yamamoto and Puliyarvi could be back up. Uh, sometime in the future. We have Rob also on the line. Hey, Rob, thanks a lot for calling. Hello, how are you guys? Doing very well. Um, yeah, I'm just wondering, um, not anything, McDavid kind of looks just like, you know, disinterested out there, like it's, it, it seems. Is it just because he's like just so much better than everyone else and he just, I don't know, he just seems to be going through emotion. Does he need like a rival or something, you know, like, you know, kind of push him, like, you know how Crosby had Ovechkin? I, I just, just want to know he, your thoughts I just, about. I just think he was one of many Oilers that didn't have a good game tonight. I think it's in this case, it's it's that simple. We also have Andrea standing by. Andrea, thanks a lot for calling in. You're on with Robin Reed. Hi, I was just um, watching the game, and the first period that I've noticed, the first the first score that they made, that I noticed right away that all the players were just being real lazy. <laughs> Like, was it because they had a long game in the, in the past? No, I think they. I think again, they just they just had a real tough night and didn't didn't do their jobs well enough. Right, yeah. Rob? I, I, yeah, I agree. It was uh, they, uh, well. It was funny, lazy. There were some lazy plays by the Oilers tonight. Oh, sure, tonight, but I don't think it's because they were. No, it just. They uh, had, they well, had, I think. I think. Todd says it best, cheating, cutting corners. I think that's more than lazy. Sometimes you're hoping the puck bounces one way, so you, you cheat and, and get on the offensive side of a guy instead of the defensive side of the guy. Uh, sometimes you don't think that play is going to happen, so you don't get back in the right place def uh, defensively. A couple times that happened tonight on goals where the Oilers player was close enough, but they're, you know what, maybe this play might not get made. Uh, so... Yeah, there were some lazy plays, some selfish plays, and at the end of the night, not enough good plays by the Edmonton Oilers. So that's something they'll have to work on for Tuesday against the Habs, our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. 
visit albertacairo.com. And we have Mitch standing by as well. Hi, Mitch. Hi, guys. How you doing? Great. Uh, serious question, and don't take this like it's a goofball comment, but like, honestly, do you think there's another franchise in the NHL that would trade their entire team for the Oilers? Uh, yes. Uh, there's a lot of teams in the NHL would trade their entire team for the Edmonton Oilers simply because Connor McDavid's on the Edmonton Oilers. So I, I think there would be a lot of owners out there would love to have an opportunity to have uh, a market where Connor McDavid would be able to the face of their franchise for the next 15 years. So, yeah, I, I think that's a no-brainer. All right. Interesting questions. So the uh, Canadians are coming into town next. Obviously, that's one of those nights where there's an incredible buzz in the rink. You get a lot of Montreal fans. You, you see them here early in the jerseys lined up around the, the tunnel to the Canadians dressing room. And as you mentioned, Rob, they were not very many people's picks to, to be a good team this season. Pretty solid start. They're 9-5-3 and three for 21 points, fourth in that tough Atlantic Division. I mean, they're only four points behind Tampa Bay, who's 12-4-1, who's and, and clearly Edmonton knows what they have to correct after tonight. You've got to come out and do it. Well, the one thing you like when you play against a Montreal or when you play against a Toronto, the emotion is already there. It's, it's, it's a fun building. The atmosphere is great. Uh, there's going to be a lot of Montreal fans. Uh, there's the, the morning skate. You know, there it, it's half full because of all the press. Like they usually have two buses worth of of press people coming with them as well. So it, it's a different buzz in the arena, and you, you feel it in the dressing room before the game. You feel it during warm up when all of a sudden, instead of just a small amount of people there for warm up, it, it's packed. So uh, there they don't have to manufacture emotion or intensity that night. It'll be there. They just have to add the desperation in that game that's what was missing tonight all right so the Oilers have dropped four straight 4-1 the Colorado Avalanche take it tonight they scored early and dominated the Oilers especially through the first 40 minutes Ty Ratty finally scored in the third his second of the season from Larson and Lucic Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to two tomorrow I will have inside sports from six to eight and the game against the Canadians on 6:30. Chet on Tuesday 5.30 for the face-off show. The puck will drop at 7. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place and inside Studio 99. Thanks to Patrick Bauer, our studio producer at 6.30 Chet. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. 4-1 the Avalanche win it. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Have a great night.